2: Premier League has returned after another international break. Saints were back in action, and so are we. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Total Saints podcast. This is Martin Stark, and each week I'm joined by our resident panel to reflect on all things Southampton Football Club. Coming up this week on the pod, reaction to the first three points of the season against Leeds, and we look ahead to the visit of Burnley at St Mary's. Plus, there's time for reflections on our interview with Martin Simmons from last week. Once again, a big welcome to our esteemed guests, just the two of them this week. Owner of Saints Web, Steve Grant. You've certainly had a busy week, Steve. How was the NFL first today?
3: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um kind of got got towards half time. You're kind of expecting it just to be a very one-sided affair. Um Jacksonville looked pretty ropey, but to be fair they Came back and came back in the second half and won it with a last last second field goal. So I, so nobody even had the benefit of being able to get out of Tottenham early.
2: I've got to be honest. I tried to give it half an hour earlier on, and then I thought I just don't know what's going on. I'm going to watch <laughs> the Spy Who Loved Me on ITV instead.
3: So, but when I finished the Bond film and came back, it was still on. Are
2: the games yeah. always that long?
3: Yes, yes, that's about normal. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's an hour's official play um, on the clock, but uh, with all the um, sort of stoppages in between and uh commercial breaks and all that sort of nonsense um it can games can go from go for about four hours but gem uh, average is about three 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 and a half
2: did you see the clip on social media of the mascot bungee jumping from the roof of the stadium uh, i saw when
3: it you were in, there I, I, was, I saw it when i was there yeah he's um he's he's done that before um, he's he's um bungeed off the um off the roof of Wembley before as well
2: I'll tell you what, pressure is on Super Saint for Saturday. If he's not bunging yeah. off the top of the Northern, then uh, there's questions to be asked. Uh, also with us is writer of the blog League One Minus 10, Glenn Delacour. How's your week been, Glenn?
4: Yeah, it's all right. Didn't, didn't watch the NFL. I've um, not a fan. I mean, uh, p- people have been in a coma for less time than it takes to um, to watch a game of that. So uh, no, not for me. Um, so um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been. I got a very boring life. I, I go to work and uh, go downstairs, go to work. That's it. Don't see anyone. Uh, it's been a good football weekend though, hasn't it? Because uh, it has. You know, Saints one, Pompey lost. Um, my son's <laughs> team won, so it's all cool. So it's been a, it's been a good weekend for that. We've all got our spring in our step this week. Uh,
2: of course, our biggest hello and thank you is reserved to our Saints patrons. Wherever you're listening this week, it is very much appreciated. Welcome to episode 172 of the Total Saints Podcast. This is the Total Saints Podcast with
4: Martin Stark, Steve Grant, Glenda Lacour, and the Athletics Dan Sheldon.
2: Now, before we start, I'd like to wish Mark Atkins, who's one of our patrons well after he was taken ill last weekend. I know he's recovering at home. He's probably listening. He's a regular TSP listener and we're sending all our best wishes to Mark for a speedy recovery. Now, we waited eight games, but finally we have the first win of the season yesterday against Leeds United. It was never
4: in doubt. Was it, Glenn? Discuss. Um, We deserve to win. Um, and we deserved to win a lot more comfortably than we eventually did. Our our kind of lack of killer instinct in the in the front half of the pitch uh, was still evident. But bottom line is, if you keep it tight at the back, you only need one goal. And um, that, that's kind of what that's kind of what we did. There was um, sort of one moment where it looked like we you know Leeds might put something together, but uh, but we got away with it. Even though we were only one in front, and we haven't won a game this season. I was actually quite confident that we we'd hold out as the second half went on. I didn't Leeds. I mean Leeds were desperately poor. Let's not get away from that. They you know, they had a they had a few players missing, and they didn't seem to have any idea how to attack or any intent on on actually attacking, even when they were you know even when they were a goal down. And they uh, they reminded me a little bit of of us last season. Do you remember that period where we had sort of Ings, Vestergaard, Rameau, Bertrand all injured, and we didn't really have you know it really showed up the limitations of the squad and and that's what Leeds looked like in addition to that they've had you know they've obviously um they've been found out a little bit this season as well um but having having those players missing really made it a game that we had to win and it was um it was uh, it was nice to get over the line and um yeah I was I was surprisingly not not very um, not very nervous as the game went on I you know I always thought one goal would be enough
2: So many positives yesterday. Three points, a clean sheet, a well-taken goal. What pleased you the most about the game yesterday, Steve?
3: Um, It was a combination of everything, really. I think players who have been um, maligned, I mean, often with with justification over the last 18 months or so, came up very good yesterday. Uh, Nathan Redmond was excellent, and um, that is kind of the, the standard that I think he now sets for himself Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, he was, he was excellent. I think central, central midfield, um, Diallo offers just something a little bit more dynamic than War Prouse does. And I think that gave us a little bit more bite and also, um, just a change of pace. And given that Leeds were without Calvin Phillips, that, that basically allowed us to uh, run through the middle of them quite a lot. Um, gave us a lot of, a lot of time on the ball and we got into good positions a lot i mean we had kind of same same old same old a lot of the time in the first half in that we got into got into good positions and then either picked the wrong pass or it, or it got slowed down a little bit and the ball never came in but i think for the most part it was it was very promising we looked strong at the back i mean bednarek didn't have a whole lot to do but salisu looked superb apart from his one um near brain fart that nearly presented dan james with a with a goal that would have been wholly undeserved but yeah but yeah, I thought we were we were, we were were brilliant. And as Glenn said, we probably should have won by more.
2: Before we talk about the goal, are we going with Broja or Broa? Because obviously we've been calling him Broja, And then on match of the day last night, it seemed to be Broa all of a sudden. Is this a Jose Font, Fonte thing all over again?
4: Well, if you listen to the Albanians going nuts on the commentary when he scores for them, if you go with the Albanian pronunciation, it seems to be Broia. So there's, there's there's three different ways of, of right. pronouncing it. I personally couldn't care less as long as he scores goals.
2: <laughs> um, it's always going to be different with our Hampshire accent. So I think I might just stick with Brozier for the time being. Um, first Albanian to score in the Premier League and you were calling for him to
4: start before the game, Glenn. Um, yes, because, you know, we, Ralph seems to be going down this route now of, of having one striker and he's got everything about him that, can make that work uh, more so than Adam Armstrong you know he's he's a he's a goal threat he looks confident in front of goal he's got confidence in his own you know in his overall game you can see that he's got a bit of presence about him and he's he's quick as well so he, he's 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 got everything his, his hold up play needs a little bit of work but at the end of the day he is only 19 and he is only going to improve he was he was impressive I thought it wasn't just the goal which was you know laid for him on a plate by um by Nathan Redmond he occupied the defenders a lot more than you know the others have done I mean Adam Armstrong has, has worked hard but he, he playing up front on his own just doesn't look his game Che Adams doesn't look like he didn't, doesn't look like he could buy a goal at the moment so uh, as it stands at the moment Brozier is 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 the best one up there and um you know I hope he gets a run of games now to to just to see what what we've got on loan for the season, and then uh, yeah, let's not get let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll be able to get him on loan again next year. Who knows?
2: Yeah, there is always that thing about falling in love with a player, and then they're only here for a year. Um, what did you make of the starting lineup yesterday, Steve? Because Adams was obviously injured. Uh, Armstrong hasn't scored since the opening day. Ralph said he wasn't panicking, but then he made five changes, and we went with that different two up front. When you saw that team sheet at two o'clock, what was your initial thoughts? To
3: that um, I was okay with it. I I kind of thought, well, if if Stuart Armstrong is fully fit, then I think he might have started, but yeah. he, he's clearly not quite there yet. But I mean, you saw with his his cameo yesterday. I mean, how long was he on? What 10, 15 minutes? Just the difference that he makes to our attack, and we we were yeah. able to we were able to string so much more together in that period that he was on the pitch going forward. But I thought I was I was reasonably reasonably happy with the with the system um it was just a case of how the individuals performed in it i mean janeppo once again was maddeningly brilliant in certain in certain aspects and brilliantly mad in others defensively he he offers a lot a lot of support and that allowed um perro to get forward a, a lot more than we've seen in previous games um i thought both both fullbacks were were given a lot of license and that was largely because we kind of almost had a five man midfield so it gave them gave them plenty of cover and that, that kind of freed, freed them up a little bit. And I think that's that's probably a decent blueprint for us going forwards, I think. It'll be interesting to see what we do when uh back from suspension. Because, I mean, you would imagine he, he goes straight back into the team. But is there a bit of a reshuffle, possibly? Because, I mean, Diallo's performance was, was outstanding, I thought.
2: It was a slow start to the game, though, Glenn, wasn't it? Do you think we were maybe a little bit rusty after the international break? I think it always tends
4: to be that way. After the international break. It seems like about the fifth international break that we've had this season. And we're gonna we're gonna, be we're gonna be having them at half time soon. They're just dreadful. <laughs> just all the time. And then we have to sit and watch England for two games. <laughs> uh, Steve gets a nice little holiday out of it. That's the only good thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean it, it does always seem to be a little bit um a little bit sluggish the first the first half after an international break, but you know we're a team with not much confidence. You got to remember that we haven't won, we haven't won a game apart from against you know lower lower division sides. So we're not going to come flying out of the traps. And you you don't win a game in the first ten minutes usually. The first half was 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 okay in, until the final third again. And you know we've we've done that quite a lot this season. I mean how Elianusi managed to not get a touch on that header. <laughs> Um, was just just beyond me, it's just leaping like,
2: like a salmon. Yeah, yeah. After the ball had gone,
4: um, but, you know, it was one of those things where you all stand. Oh, I'm up, I'm at the other end, so you all, you all stand up and shout goal, and then and then say something else with four letters when it doesn't go in. We we could have done better in the first half, but you know it's it's a struggle for us to score goals at the moment, and you you have to be patient. You're not you're not going to blow teams away in the first twenty minutes. It's not going to be like like Liverpool were at Watford yesterday where they you know three 0 up and the game's done after half an hour we're, we're never like that you've got to look at it as a whole and, and stay patient and I'm sure that's what what Ralph tells the players to do It'd be nice to score a couple of goals in the first um, in the first half but uh, it, it rarely happens but so the, you know the first the first half was decent in that you know leads didn't look like scoring and um the, the quality the, the little bits of quality told at the end
3: I do think the this thing of us not coming out of the blocks is deliberate now so we don't
4: tire at the end yeah
3: basically because um last season last season i mean we all all saw that we'd have we'd come out of the blocks and get and maybe get a lead at half time and then we'd throw it away in the second half because we're knackered after an hour or so here we're clear we're it's clearly very deliberate that we're the pressing is targeted and it's in spells we don't so we'll we will have five or ten minutes where we sit off and and kind of just just play things out and then there'll be another little spell where we'll put pressure on them in certain parts of the certain parts of the pitch and try and force errors that way. But that means that we're then we've then got the energy to be able to get through the last twenty, twenty-five minutes. And like Man United's home game we were strong at the end. West Ham we were strong at the end. Um yesterday we were strong at the end. Um I mean even Wolves, like last ten, fifteen minutes we were all over them. Um we just didn't really create and create enough. Um but it wasn't it wasn't for the lack of energy. Um, in that one Um, so yeah I mean I think coming up with a way to play the the sort of high pressing style that Ralph wants but in a way that ensures that we can uh, we can actually play to the end I think that's that's a positive going forward yeah, it was frust- it was frustrating at times yesterday because Leeds defensive players and the goalkeeper
4: looked very very dodgy whenever they were put under any pressure. And there there were times, especially towards the end of the first half, and I was like, "Yeah, put them under pressure, put them under a little bit of pressure." But it, I think it's a it's an interesting stage in our development. What Steve described there that we're you know it's, I think it's a it's a it's a good thing for Ralph to have kind of adapted the. The, you know the way he wants to play it feels you more know, intelligent
3: yeah rather more, than just headless chicken
4: more pragmatic and yeah I mean they, you know every time you see us on the telly there's always the stat about how many bloody points we've dropped from yeah, winning yeah. positions so uh yeah obviously someone's listening and I guess uh, if you're going to have
2: a slow 10 minutes you'd rather it was at the start of the game than at the end of the game because you've got more time to do something about it
4: yeah yeah, definitely.
2: So we'll take that. Uh, let's talk about the goal. A decent finish for the goal, but all started with that counter attack from I think Diallo breaking up the uh, the attack, and then Gineppo showing a bit of good vision. That was um, it was a nice slick movement, Glenn.
4: Yeah, it was. It was, and you you know you uh, they were running towards the goal that I was behind, and you you just you knew it was going to be a chance on goal, and you know you could see Brozja getting himself in, into the position, and then and it was just a case of whether Nathan Redmond will release the right ball. Because he's he is very <laughs> very prone to holding on to the ball too long, not releasing it at the right time. Uh, but to be fair to him, you know he was having a good game. He was obviously playing with confidence, and the, what he basically put the goal on a plate. Um, but it was it was still a decent finish. Broja still had to lift it. You know, over the keeper, and a defender came in and clattered him as well. Uh, you know, at the same time, and it was it was a it was a
3: very good finish. I mean, that was um, a, that was a dangerous challenge by Cooper. I thought it
4: was, yeah, and that that didn't didn't even get sort of like picked up by the referee whatsoever. Um, initially, I thought he'd clattered into the goalkeeper, mm. but when you see the replay, it was um, you know Cooper had, had dived in. I don't really blame Cooper for it because it you know he's trying to he's trying to prevent the goal. It's a real last ditch thing, but uh, yeah. I know, uh, be- bearing in mind what um, what Prousey got sent off for last week, it mm. was um, oh, yeah. you know it was a little bit um, it was a- it was a little bit naughty, and uh, but I-, I think there was an element of cramp in um, in Broja's eventual substitution as well, because you know he's probably not used to- he doesn't play ninety minutes for Albania, and he hasn't played ninety minutes for us yet, so uh, I don't think um, it's anything to be too concerned about that he uh, he hobbled off. He seems he seems to be okay.
2: He'll certainly be ready for the weekend if uh, called upon. I think I read today, 20 years and 36 days makes him the youngest player to score in his first Premier League start for Southampton. And he scored midweek as well for his country. So uh hell of a week, really, for him. I did think that he probably needed to return the favour to Redmond a bit more, though, in that second half with that other chance,
3: Steve. Yeah, I mean, it's... But that, I mean that's that's kind of the benefit of youth, isn't it? you don't you don't have all the answers. you don't necessarily have the experience to know when to pass and when to when to take the opportunity yourself. and as a center forward who'd already scored at the end of the day he's he's you, you'd be, you'd be surprised if a center forward didn't take the shot.
2: That's confidence as well. Someone that scored for their country during the week just scored their first goal in the Premier League, crowd willing them on it tails up a bit isn't it. Ralph was a bit critical of him after the Sheffield United game. You were there,
3: Steve, you saw yeah. that.
2: Do you think that was justified? Do you think sometimes that can spur a player on?
3: Oh, he was, it was it was absolutely justified. Yeah, he was he was terrible up there and it it didn't it did look like he was going through the motions. And I think we just I think we discussed this um on the pod immediately after that um Sheffield United game that I mean you could clearly see that the kid has a, has all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the application to go with that and you're and if you're not on it more often than not then you're not going to make it at any sort of level regardless of how much talent you've got i mean i've, I've seen lo- loads of we've, I mean, we've, all, we've probably all seen loads of talented players who get rumored to be um sort of in and around top premier league lineups they get a couple get a couple of games and and look quite good make an impact and then all of a sudden a few years later you find out they're playing for Port Vale. Um, James Wilson is prime prime example that I was literally thinking of there. Obviously, came burst onto the scene for Man United. All of a sudden, thinks he's God's gift, and it just doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, he's now playing in League Two. So I think Brozier, I mean, as we say, we've got we've got a player there who's clearly got an immense amount of talent, and ultimately, Ralph's the guy who sees him every day on the training ground. So he will he will have a very good idea if what he's seeing is. Good or not, from a from a sort of attitude and commitment perspective, and he obviously felt he felt he needed to call him out on it. And yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think managers far too often kind of try and handle players with kid gloves and and keep all this sort of stuff in house. But I think sometimes you just need you kind of almost need that public flogging just to kind of kick you into gear and realise that actually it's not um, you're not going to be um, wrapped in cotton wool cotton wool here. It's a it's a tough old tough old game, and you've got a you've got a kind of step up to the plate all, all the time. Yeah. I've got, I got just I,
4: as he's as he's not here I'll do it for him, but Dan wrote a very good article in the Athletic this week about Mario Lamina. Now I've, yes. I've said all I'm going to say about Mario Lamina other than <laughs> the article proved what I suspected all along that Mario was only out for himself. You know, he wasn't prepared to put the work in, you know, regarding being being a team player. So I'm not saying for a second that Armando Broja is anything like Mario, but yeah he it, it's an example of what can happen if if the issues are not addressed you know the player was around us was around saints for three years and obviously no one could get him to do you know could could get him to think the right way to be a, a useful member of the squad and eventually they have ended up sort of like taking a loss on him so that that's what can happen if you if you don't sort these things out a gentle nudge in the right direction will will we'll hopefully sort the lad out
2: A word on Nathan Redmond. I think a few people would have had to eat their words yesterday. I saw lots of people getting upset that he was starting. I thought yesterday he was brilliant. I thought he was confident. He was quite decisive when he had to be. You could see how much it meant to him at the end to win as well. I think in the absence of James Ward-Prowse, he kind of had to to step up and lead from example a little bit. I know we've been, I think, fair in our criticism of him. But yesterday, I thought he was um, one of his best games for a while.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. And I'll, I'll, I'll let let Glenn, uh Glen repent shortly. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, he was he was he was superb yesterday, as I, as I said at the top of the show. I think it's it's been so frustrating seeing a player that you know can perform and has the track record of doing it, but kind of like three years ago now was I think was his player of the season season and it's just been so immensely frustrating to see that he only kind of can bring in those performances once every 10-15 games if that and he'd kind of be all right uh for a few in between and then there'd be a handful way throwing an absolute stinker again s- similar with similar with Brosia the the key is consistency can he replicate that performance against Burnley next week who knows uh maybe I mean Burnley don't Burnley don't look any great shakes at the moment that's for sure um so there's an opportunity there to put back to back good performances together and once you put two together then all of a sudden you've got the confidence and maybe you can put three four five together he's he's all i think he was he's always been a streaky player even when he was coming through the ranks at birmingham even like as a 16 17 year old and he was playing in their uh, europa league uh, team he he'd, he'd sort of have two or three great games and then he'd go off the boil for a while so they take him out of the firing line which which you can do as a younger player, but now he's he's one of our senior pros, you've kind of got to be got to be pulling those um those better performances out more often than not. Um so hopefully um yesterday was the start of um start of a resurgence. That'd yeah.
4: be nice. But we've 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 been here before. You know we've been yep. before. He, he had he had a couple of great games last season as well, uh, albeit against Bournemouth, who Bournemouth, were in the, yeah. in the championship. And then he played well against Sheffield United the following week, who of course got relegated by a mile. It's the old one swallow does not does not make a summer. He needs to do it more often, and he needs to do it against some some decent sides. And and he will know that he's I think he's 27 now. So again, echoing what Steve said, he, he he's got to be a consistent player. He should be at his peak now. So just doing it one game in 15 isn't enough. And yeah, he was great yesterday. And what I, what I liked about him is that it didn't all come off. There was a couple of bits in the first half where he kind of blindly flicked the ball around the corner and it, it, you know, gave possession away and whatnot. But he didn't go into his shell and he didn't go all safety first, which he has tended to do in the past, where he's he's been almost, appeared frightened to take people on. He stayed positive all game and he had an intent to go forward all game. Another thing I find interesting about him is that you know, a few players have mentioned him now as being a real sort of like positive influence. Um, Brozier was mentioning it um, yesterday, and that's you know that that's a good thing, and that's the sort of thing that you don't you know you probably don't pick up on when you when you're watching the game. But if he plays like he played yesterday, he's a hundred percent worth a place in the team. But he he can't go back. He can't go back to what he uh, to you know being this inconsistent player who who does nothing for the next ten games sort of thing. So well, let's yeah. hope
2: with the run of fixtures that we've got the opposition that we've got in the next three or four games let's hope that that suits him and let's hope that he he does carry on the good work that he did yesterday Glenn last week you said about the number 10s and you said that that would be key yesterday you mentioned how important that was going to be if we were going to unlock Leeds Gineppo and Elianusi yesterday did they do enough for you?
4: Ellie knew she did. I thought he was. I thought he was excellent. He's. A, he's, he's it's Glenn eats his words day uh, today, obviously, because um, that's the title of the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn, Glenn, I mean,
3: Glenn eats his words instead of his dinner.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my dinner. But um, no, he he was good again. Apparently, he was a bit under the weather as well. Had been ill before the game and whatnot. Um, but I thought he had a. You know, I thought he had a really solid game. He. There are times when he just looks. He just looks like a really, really good footballer. And I, I, I've, I've, I still feel there's a lot more to come from him. Whereas when he was here, you know, before he went on loan to Celtic, I, I just thought the guy was useless. I really did. But he, 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 he does. He does seem to have something. And I think Ralph made a very good point about, you know, picking players who, like Brozic, did well for Albania. Eliausi did well for Norway. You know, it, it, was, it was certainly he was certainly worth worth a place in the side. And and it, it's up to him. But he. He should be able to stay in the side at the moment, and if he plays like that, he, he certainly will do. Gineppo, he had a hand in the goal, but uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he was average. And as as Steve said earlier, the the difference in the attacking play once Stuart Armstrong came on w- was massive. Just his use of the ball is is so much better. I, I, I think if Gineppo hadn't had a hand in the goal, you, you'd have been looking and thinking. Really, what did he do? But fair play, you know, we talk about we talk about end product, and at the end of the day, he had a, he had a hand in the goal, so uh, it wasn't a, a dreadful game from uh, from Musa. But he's he's another one who, who, who frustrates the hell out of me, and I've, I found him frustrating again yesterday a bit. I must have.
2: Let's talk about the clean sheet and the defensive performance. Salazu, another great game. I thought so strong, possibly his best display in a Saints shirt. Man of the match. There was that one mistake you mentioned earlier, Steve. But in all, I thought another commanding performance at the back.
3: Yeah, he's a player that's not going to be with us for much longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> he carries on at this rate. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, you can absolutely see why we paid the money we did, what eighteen months or so ago now, and and also to be fair, why we kind of almost kinda of waited um for the best part of a year um before putting him in as a as a first team starter just to kind of get him get him up to speed with things. But now he's now he's in. I mean when he's when he's available he plays, regardless of which which other um centre backs are available. I think um He's just looking so so strong. He's quick. He reads the game. I mean, the number of times he seemed to kind of invoke um, Inspector Gadget's sort of um, telescopic leg to kind of inter- intercept a ball ahead of ahead of one of the Leeds attackers, um, especially in that second half, was um, was extraordinary. And on the on the, half, on the sort of rare occasion he gets kind of a little bit out of position, he's got the pace and the power to recover. Also helped by obviously having very quick fallbacks either side. I mean Bednarek's not particularly quick as as we know, but um but the fullbacks are, are always on on hand to cover as well when when needed.
4: It's a it's a very balanced defence that we had out yesterday. You know, you've got two left footers, two right footers, and you know, the fullbacks are both quick and Salasu's quick. So, you know, bearing in mind last year we we played most of it with, with Vestergaard and Bednarek and Bertrand, who w- w- was not the quickest, it's it, it does look like a, a, a better back four overall. And You know, Carl Walker Pierce is obviously very unlucky not to be playing. I thought the inclusion of Perot was a big improvement yesterday, mainly from an attacking sense, just having someone who was prepared to stick a ball over with a left foot. But going going back to going back to Saladou, he's someone pointed out to me that you know if if Jack Stephens had made that mistake, then you know we'd we'd be we'd be slaughtering him, oh, of course. But, yeah. uh, but that's. <laughs> Stevens is twenty seven, twenty eight now, and you know he's, he's Salisu is only twenty three, but but what I like about him is is the fact that he he literally tries to dominate the attackers. I mean Leeds have got Leeds had Rodrigo up front, didn't they? Who's you know he's he's in and around the Spanish national team, so he's he's no mug. And I didn't even notice him to be honest. He got substituted, and I didn't even notice that. It was um, yeah, and he played an hour, yeah, didn't yeah. He? yeah, but he, he went off some point and it's just like oh well goodbye you didn't do much did you but Salazar is, a, is the sort of defender that you know he just forwards must hate playing against him um it'd be interesting to see how he stands up next week to the challenge of uh the slightly more prosaic um challenge of uh Wood and Barnes for Burnley but uh
2: I think it's one that he'll relish the way he's playing at the moment Yeah, and McCarthy as well. I thought was was good yesterday claiming some crosses and apart from the, the little mix-up um, with Salazar, I thought he had a good game yesterday too. So
3: didn't didn't have a huge amount to do, did he? No, but, but but I think that's one of those things where keepers kind of earn earn their corn to to a much greater extent because in games where you haven't got anything to do, it's the concentration level of being alert to when something does actually happen and require require you to mop up. I think there was one there was one sort of through ball that he came came hering out sort of thirty odd yards and headed the ball into touch. It was like, well, okay, that's that's good. That that wouldn't have happened eighteen months ago. Um he'd have been he'd have been pinned to his line and and we'd have been panicking.
2: I think it was you that shared the stat, Steve, about Southampton covering more ground as a team than Leeds. That's the first time a team's outrun one of Bielsa's sides in the Premier League um which is great um obviously they were missing Bamford Rafina and Phillips um Bielsa said afterwards the defeat was fair we've been so positive so far how much of yesterday's performance was down to that being a poor lead side you know should we have scored should we have won by more
3: yeah probably but ultimately we we are still where we are in terms of our sort of creativity we're still not quite there hopefully with with Stu Armstrong being back that'll that'll improve gradually as the season goes on but yeah I mean Le- Leeds were terrible let's 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 make no bones about it they were really really bad to the extent I mean even like even their their games against like that game against United last season where they got where they got absolutely humped um and they were like four down inside like 20 minutes even that game they played with a purpose and there was a you could see what the game plan was even if it was absolutely suicidal and they and they just got picked off you could see what they were doing and there there was a plan and everyone stuck to it and I mean that game I think could have ended about 10 six but yesterday there was there was no sense of what they were actually trying to do they the defense they were trying to they're obviously trying to play lofted balls over the attackers to the fallbacks most of them seemed to go end up going out for a throw-in and there was no real link to their play um I think Dan James was the only one who ever really tried to try to do anything positive but really all, all Dan James has is knock the ball past the full back and run and we just didn't we didn't give him the space to do it for the most part but so yeah I mean if I mean a couple of the Leeds fans I spoke to at the at the station when I was getting trained home were kind of saying oh god we're in, we're in a whole world of trouble it's like well I mean you're missing your three best players when they're back they do look a completely different side and let's let's be honest there's a there's a lot of poor teams in this league I'd still be very surprised if they're if they're in any sort of uh, real danger at the uh, at the business end of the season.
2: You'll um you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but I think from the same eight games last season we had two points. Is that right? Uh,
3: yes, I think so. Yeah.
2: So so seven this year. Actually, things are looking all right. Um, things are fairly positive. Um, Ralph of course remains unbeaten in the waistcoat. <laughs> so uh, that's I know we talked about that previously. He's spoken about it as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they started selling the waistcoats
4: in the Saints store. It's going to have um, its own bloody Twitter account soon, isn't it?
2: <laughs> if it hasn't it, it will have be, yeah. soon
4: <laughs>
2: right on to the uh, next game which is Burnley then Saturday October the 23rd uh, at St Mary's what have you made to their start of the season so far Glenn
4: they're the same as they always are you know there's nothing there's nothing different about them I think they've got one new player Maxwell Cornet. Th- they're the same as they always are they generally poor at the start of the season and they won't go down I don't care what anyone says. They they will not go <laughs> down because they 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 never do. They just they play the same way. They win enough horrible one nil games to to keep themselves just above water. And um, I guess their luck will run out one day, but I don't think it will this season. Um, we know what we're going to get from them. They, you know, we we know exactly what's coming. It'll any, to anyone who's actually going to the game. Don't expect a good game. It'll be an awful game probably. It could be a good game for us if we don't get drawn in and and. Brought, brought down to their level of just banging the ball up the pitch. You know, you it's going to be an ugly game. You have to you have to win the first balls and then you have to win the second balls as they drop because that's that's how they play. Personally, I think we're quite well set up to play against them with the, with the players we've got. Our centre halves are both good in the air, and um, you know we'll we'll have Romeo sat in front of them and Diallo to um, to pick up the pick up the scraps. So uh, hopefully. It's uh, it's another game that we can get three points out of, but
2: uh... they need a win though, don't they, Steve? So do you think that might play into our hands a bit? Do you think they might come out and attack a bit more rather than sitting deep? It's certainly going to be a different game to what we've been used to.
3: Well, given they don't seem to have won at home for about three decades, um, <laughs> I think they're they're possibly going to have to start targeting some of the away games and. I mean let's be honest their trip to us is is going to be one that they'll see as as one of their more winnable games. Absolutely. Um I mean they've won they've won down here a few times before with as Glenn says horrible turgid, proper sort of oh, just percentages football. But actually some sometimes we've played them they've they've actually um there was one game they actually outpassed us which was like sorry how has this happened? But they 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 just look I mean, I know they've they've always generally started the season badly, but they've they've looked particularly weak this year. I mean, they obviously gave up Norwich's first point in the season um, the other week, and I mean, it's quite impressive for a team to look even more anemic going forward than we do. And yeah, I mean, it just I mean, obviously stick your money on four three now, but it it just just doesn't look like I mean where where are their goals coming from I mean you know with us you've we've got we've got players who on their day can produce something out of nothing and occasionally two or three will straight two or three players will string something together and will will look like a look like a team that can create quite a lot but burnley they because their system is so targeted towards balls into the box whether it's from open play or from set pieces if you could defend against that where is where is their where is their threat coming from other than you literally presenting them the ball um like ten yards from goal which I mean let's be honest we wouldn't put we wouldn't put it past one of our players doing that at some point it's happened <laughs> before, but yes yeah, as, as long as you can as long as you can keep your concentration keep your heads and, and play your own game and that's part of the battle with Burnley with people like Barnes who's a niggly niggly little little thing and and chris would isn't quite so niggly but he's just massive if you can avoid getting pulled into sort of silly little battles and maintain your focus then there shouldn't be a whole lot to worry about
2: is Stuart Armstrong back at the right time Glenn is this the sort of game where he better open up that defense
4: I, d- I don't think it matters what game to be honest I think Stuart Armstrong if he's if he's fit we need him in the team because he just adds that creativity that that we we just don't have without him will will he play against burnley i don't know it depends on his it depends on his fitness i would i would hope that after another week he would be uh, he would be up to speed but then it, it equally wouldn't surprise me if we went with exactly the same lineup that we had yesterday and armstrong is used as a, as a substitute later in the game if if we need him it just it just depends how his fitness goes during the week i, I honestly don't see Many changes apart from maybe him for Giannepo, but other than that, I think it'll be the same lineup.
2: Well, a win, and we can start looking at the table and we start talking about momentum. So that's good. Unfortunately, I need to admit that Glenn, you got the lead score right in in the predictions. Which, (laughs) (laughs) so I think Dan got one right. Did Dan call the Newcastle game earlier in the season, didn't he? And you said it was going to be a scrappy game, and you said that we'd nick it one nil. So, yeah, did quite well there. um, you did very well indeed actually yeah you did very well i'll give you the honor of going first then with the predictions for the burnley game
4: okay um horrible game (laughs) (laughs) horrible game um i think we'll win it 2-1
3: 2-1 all uh, right steve how do you see the game going well i don't see three goals that's for sure i think we'll win and it'll be ugly as hell uh but we'll but we'll win 1-0 This is the Total Saints podcast,
4: proudly underpinned by our TSP patrons.
2: One of the other stories this week is that Ralph Harsenhooter has been charged by the FA over his comments after the 3-1 defeat at Chelsea. This is presumably when James Ward-Prowse
4: was sent off. Um, (laughs) What do you make of that, Glenn? Load of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolute load of <laughs> um as far as i can work out having watched what he said he he said that mike dean has sent off three of our players recently with or without var which is a fact so just stating
3: that can't be an issue are you, um, are you going all rafa benitez on us here
4: yeah maybe facts uh, facts um and it, he said that once it the the thing he said that was contentious, or that that they will have picked up on, is that he said that once it went to VAR and it was Mike Dean, we knew it was going to be a red card. Which, again, as far as I'm concerned, that's a fact. As soon as they slow it down, complete, you know, slow it down and just show that little part, of the incident and Jorginho folding himself in half, it was always going to be a red card. I mean, I don't know if we've got any listeners who who don't support Saints who maybe support one of the one of the top six. Maybe we should or the big 6 maybe we should explain what a distribute charge is it's it's something that a manager <laughs> a, man, a manager who manages one of the other 14 will get if they imply <laughs> bias by an official i mean Klopp Klopp he had that big rant about man united getting loads of penalties just before and Liverpool they stopped getting penalties last and, and nothing happened to him Guardiola goes nuts on the touchline every single week um and nothing ever happens so yeah, if you are if you are a supporter of one of the um of the big six, that's that's what a distribute charge is. It's um, yeah, it's something that other teams get. There is every
2: chance that by the time you're listening to this, the club have appealed or the FA have seen sense. Um, Steve, you made a really good point um when we were chatting about this um before we started recording about the fact that it was almost just taken out of context.
3: Um, yeah, I wonder whether whether the FA people have actually um, watched the video and seen the tone with which he said those words, or whether they're going off the written word, where you obviously can't tell whether someone's being sarcastic or not. And I think if you read the words literally, then yeah, it it very clearly implies that Mike Dean is biased against us and, and continually gives rubbish decisions against us, which, I mean, we all, we all know to be a fact, but, fact. We, but we know, but we know that, um, in FA world, you're not allowed to imply corruption or, um, You're not allowed to have an opinion or, almost. That's, that's kind of where we're
2: getting at, isn't yeah, it? A manager yeah, can't pretty express Yeah, pretty I much. Mean, it's, it's
3: kind of sterile in, in which case, what's the point in having post-match interviews? It's yeah. What, you you put put the manager in the in a crowded room with a load of sponsors behind his back um like f- 5 minutes after the game's gone where he's where he's um pissed off we've lost the game and we've had a man sent off and you ask him what he thinks i mean of course he's going to be annoyed and you're going to get those um those sort of comments particularly when it's from the same official time and time again.
2: So maybe Rafa take the fine and uh, for the greater good, perhaps.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, realistically, well, as long as it doesn't come with a too much touchline ban, um, because I think we kind of need him on the touchline, don't we? Yeah. Um, We need the waistcoat. Well, I I mean, that, that's part of it. But I mean, even just the, just the, just it's the, not fu- no, is it, it isn't. Well, it, 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 it is at the moment. It's a, it's a thing. It's def- the the internet has proclaimed that it's a thing. So therefore it is a thing um, until it, until it no longer is a thing and we can, <laughs> we can finally move on with our lives. Sans waistcoat. Speak,
2: speaking of moving on. Um, last week, we spoke to Saints Chief Executive Martin Simmons, which is still available for you to listen again. An honest chat that you had with us. I know you've had chance to uh, have a listen, Glenn. What did you make of uh, what you had to say?
4: Um, Martin's all, always always good value. Um, for someone in his position, I think, you know, he, he always gives you, as an answer, more than you're kind of expecting. Um, you know, we've, we've just talked about Ralph giving an interview. And I know it's a, a, di- a totally different different scenario being interviewed straight after a game. But, you know, you, you, you want people to be expansive in, in their answers and and not just give closed yes no stuff and uh, very political answers and I, you know i i think martin's a a, a very good guy to listen to for, for a man in his position to be as open as he is and to you know to give oikes like us the access to and be prepared to come on and and talk to us and answer questions i think i think it's i think it's really good so it's um you know it's it it's good to hear from the from the man at the top and uh, i've spoken to a, you know i've done other podcasts with with fans of other clubs, you know, on their on their own club, one, then I always I always drop that in that we've we've managed to have the you know the chief exec on a couple of times, and that they're they always ridiculously jealous of the fact that we've got we've managed to do that a couple of times. So yeah, hope, hopefully hopefully we can we can do that again with um, with either Martin or with the um, or with Toby Steele or, or or with anyone else in the club. And I think it's a, I think it's a really good thing. And uh, if you haven't listened to it already, people go and listen to it it's well worth it you're listening to the total saints podcast going to the heart of all things saints fc
2: weekly shouts to patrons Uh, Hi to Colt and to Dave and to Ed and to Phil Cook. They're in our Matt Letizier tier. In fact, we were able to put one of Colt's questions to Martin Simmons last week. So uh, thanks for that, Colt. I hope you managed to hear that. Uh, Nick Reed is in our Francis Benali tier as well. Thank you, uh, Nick, for your ongoing support. That's pretty much about it for episode 172. Uh, My thanks as always to Steve and to Glenn. Thanks for your time tonight, boys. No worries. Uh, the good news is, I'm off next week, but Dan is going to be back, so it's like our very own version of squad rotation. You'll have to tune in next week to see who's uh, who's off the bench and playing for the first team. To find out more about becoming a TSP patron, you can check out the website where you can join our Bobby Stokes tier for just £5 a month. And don't forget, you can find all the recent episodes of the Total Saints podcast, including that interview we did with Martin Simmons. You can find those on our YouTube channel, so do check that out, and hit subscribe whilst you're there. Don't forget to follow this podcast wherever you're listening, and if that's on apple Podcasts, you can always leave us a review and a rating and if you'd like to get in touch during the week maybe discuss any of the things that we've mentioned this week uh, it's on the socials at total saints pod and that's on twitter and facebook or you can drop us an email via the website thank you for listening and have a great week